the mature audience history podcast, dark histories, true crime, salacious stories by historians for your R-rated educational intellect. This is Grim. With true crime and dark histories in our hearts, Israel keys all up in this motherfucker today. Myself, Joe Woji, with celebrity historian Brittany Smith, Thaddeus Cisco, ethics professor Tim Collins, psychological profiler Dr. Kim, with also historian Morgan Haller, GrimPhilly.com for your dark historian-led tours day and night for all of your live dark histories and true crime touristy type needs. If you should happen to ever find yourself in Philadelphia, GrimPhilly.com backslash podcast consider supporting our grim work that we do for you on patreon.com backslash grim philly and enjoy this story of the most terrifyingly meticulous serial killer of our time that you may have heard mere whispers of you're listening to grim explicit histories grim topics extreme dark histories folklore and the paranormal for mature audiences we keep it real, we keep it educational, thought-provoking, like a motherfucker. I'm Joe Woji, and this is Grim. Interview from September 2012. The names have been redacted. It's his so. best friend from the Army. Yeah, so the names have been redacted, but the report reads, Key's closest friend in the military was without a doubt redacted. They were roommates and did just about everything together. More than anything else, they lifted weights together, but they did other things together also. Some of those other things included drink alcohol, they tried acid together, and scheduled a trip to Idaho for a weekend to attend a white supremacist meeting. The redacted is not sure if Keyes and Blank actually went to this meeting, but does remember the desire to go expressed by both Keyes and Blank uh, was artistic. And when he heard a story from Keyes about how Keyes liked to chase squirrels and try to kill them with a chainsaw, redacted showed interest in making a cartoon drawing of the event. Keyes never had, nor did he display any desire to have a girlfriend, but Redacted does not think that Keyes was homosexual, despite making jokes about Keyes and Blank being in a homosexual relationship. Can we get that on the merch store? A picture of Keyes, chainsaw and a squirrel. But they all have to be smiling. (laughs) That is a really fascinating fantasy because I feel like that's just like trying to eat soup with a knife. That's what I mean. How are you going to? It's a little bit overkill. I mean. Yeah. Like a deer with a chainsaw. Rip them all up. I mean. You wouldn't even catch it. Like, they're too quick. How would you? Would you have to I mean, obviously, you'd have to catch it first and have it tied down. But, I mean, a chainsaw through a squirrel, I mean, there's not much to a squirrel. It's like taking a chainsaw to, like, a pigeon. There's not really much to the body. Not that I'm advocating it, but, I mean, if you think about it, it's like, why would you? I mean, you'd want to get more. To me, it'd be more tortured, like, I don't know, do something else to it. I mean, I I just don't see. Well, you remember what he did with cats? Well, he did a lot of things with cats. Yeah, I was going to. The one he shot at. Mm-hmm. So I think he hated cats himself. the most. Yeah, they all hate cats the most. <laughs> Why do they fucking hate cats? <laughs> cats are... Because cats don't give a shit if you like them or yeah, not. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And their face, too. You know, they don't have facial muscles. So, <laughs> the cat. Well, that's why ca- cats express their emotions through their body. Because, like, you look at a cat's face, it looks like a psychopath. It, it doesn't have facial muscles. You never notice this? Like, they, they don't move their face around because they can't. But, they, you know, that's why they, like... 
uh, yeah, rub they, up against yeah. things and like kind of my cat blinks at me to show he's in a good mood. He's like nice. He's like, you know, <laughs> you can't do anything else. A psycho. But I love how they were going to go to a white supremacist thing. Well, what I read elsewhere was that he had in his locker, he had a poster of the music that he listened to. He listened to like Insane Clown Posse. Yeah, that was his favorite band. I'm like, all right, you listen to Insane Clown Posse and then you're going to like you're going to go from the white supremacist rally to the Insane Clown Posse. Like it doesn't make any sense. And then you're going to go have kids with like somebody that's also not white. But you're still going to go to the white supremacist thing. But then he dabbled in Satanism as well. Oh, well, that was a fuck you to his parents. Yeah, that was definitely a fuck you to He was like, yo, take this religion and go fuck yourself with it. I'm going to burn upside down cross on my chest and a fucking pentagram on my back. And then he had like no tattoos, but it was all brands. And Identifying. They're too identifying. The tattoos, would you'd know who he was. But it was painful, I think, too. I think he the, may have liked the self-inflicted pain. Oh, sure. Because he had like a blowtorch and there's a wire a hanger. There's always masochist. Like there, there's a flip up. There's always a little bit of both. But if you and, said with the tattoos, you want to be identified. Branding kind of identifies you. Well, the cop, But not that a tattoo artist would remember. Tattoo oh, artist true. would remember But who it. would do, well, yeah, but and who would, would do the branding? Guys um, in the army. His friends would do it he would do it there was another guy well i think that's a homosexual urge because you're sticking yourself with something you know what i mean because he it's fucked a- up where whoever did the brand on the back of his neck with the pentagram they fucked it up like what they used what they couldn't get the circle right so what they used was like a soda can to get the circle right so they got the so it was as big as a soda can but they fucked it up and then when he was in nia bay they fixed it like he got another friend to like fix it because it was on the back of his neck and then the cop in texas that arrested him said that he had brands on both of his arms he had is because his, his nickname was izzy he had is on the one arm like up by the shoulder and on the other one just like a smiley face he would just brand all kinds of bullshit all over himself he probably liked the feeling that's what I'm thinking. Well, yeah. and think about a it. When his it does release, yeah, release yeah. like endorphins, doesn't it? Like and how people cut themselves. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. But this is like his equivalent. That's his equivalent. And then with whenever you're, you know, kidnapping someone, they're going to fight back. So there's that like aggression towards you. And I think he liked that too. Because like you're going to fight them, right? So he's like, you know, trying to hold you down and like think about getting in a fight. I mean, I would just knock me right over. But it's like, you know, it, there's like a, like some, you're going to hit him, you're going to kick him, you're going to do something. And so you probably like that pain too. And additionally, he liked what you were saying to control them too, right? He would put a leash around every single one of them. Like when they searched all his shit, he had all these different collar ropes, but he would always put a rope around everybody's neck and lead them around like a leash, kind of like control. To, the domination. To, to yeah. control and then put a zip tie around their neck also so that he could like just zip it like real quick and they would instantly not be able to breathe. Just instantly with that, he could kill them in a second. But Samantha Koenig, when he was bringing her from where he had abducted her at Common Grounds coffee stand to his house, he had to drive around around for a while and wait for his girlfriend to fall asleep so he doesn't even get there till like two o'clock in the morning but she had a pee so he brings her to i think it was like earthquake park and he's like okay you can pee here there's no trees around like there's just this girl like on a leash peeing in this open field and he put her from having the zip ties behind her to the zip ties in front of her and he liked to i guess have some kind of i don't know he called it in his suicide poem at the very end that we'll read at the end of this he likened it to Stockholm syndrome where he would like kind of sort of be I don't want to say friends but like they would be on friendly kind of terms and talk and shit and he would share cigars and stuff with them and well it's what Dahmer always wanted Dahmer always wanted the oneness with his victims he was trying to recreate the symbiotic relationship with his mother like he wanted to go back into the womb so he would eat his victims to try to become them like he wanted to be one and so I look at the Israel Keys thing as he was trying to belong some of the branding could also be part of that like he was going to belong with this group because everybody had a brand 
friends. And I was going to say just one thing. I wanted to clarify something I said earlier about his displacement of his sexual identity urges or sexual urges. I believe that he was trying to explore homosexuality or maybe even bisexuality. And he was hesitant to do so. And that could have been partially how he was raised because, you know, in these very Christian religions, you cannot be gay. Uh, That's, you know, that's very much frowned upon. And then in the army, you know, this is the early 2000s. That would be something that would be like, absolutely not. That can't happen. So he could have really wanted to explore that, but not had a safe outlet. So then something like the branding or other things would have kind of gotten him close. And then, of course, he started escalating and trying to kidnap men and all that, which, you know, some of that. He was trying to explore his sexual identity. When he was arrested, there was black tranny porn in his trunk. And there's another statement that they, he and his best friend from the army, accidentally, I'm using some fucking air quotes here too, accidentally went into a gay bar in Seattle. (laughs) And then he expressed that, oh, he hated the place. But I think he was feeling his friend out, like, and just kind of curious. I think he knew where the fuck he was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But again, this is the early 2000s in the army. You were not allowed to be gay. Don't ask, don't tell. And Jesus doesn't like a... And, you know, that's another thing. Jesus doesn't like that either. Also, And and mommy won't. Mommy (laughs) won't like it. (laughs) When you were describing how he was driving around the town with Samantha, it wasn't just driving around. He actually realizes as they're driving around that Samantha doesn't have her cell phone and that he needs the cell phone to send text messages to people for the ransom plot with her cell phone. So they actually go back to Common Ground's coffee and he re-enters it to grab her cell phone while she is still bound in his truck. And so he grabs her cell phone, goes back to the truck. He then like sends out two text messages, one to her boyfriend and one to the owner of Common Ground saying, hey, I don't feel well. I'm leaving. So he like tried to make it sound like she was going away for the weekend or having a bad day. And then he took the battery out of the phone and kept driving. But then he also asked her for her debit card to take money out. And she was like, I I don't have that with me. Like I share an account with the boyfriend. It's in our car. So like he actually goes to her house and goes into her truck that she shared with a boyfriend and breaks in to get the AT card and the worst part is that her boyfriend actually sees somebody breaking into his yeah. car and he's like what the hell so he goes out to chase him off he but actually has to go back in the house to get her father to confront the guy and by the time they get back out yeah there, he's unfortunately gone. yeah so i mean it's just one of those it's another and instance they don't even, of like oh they don't even almost. realize because if that it's missing either yeah. because the police impounded the car immediately because they're looking at them like it's the dad it's the boyfriend because the boyfriend robs drug dealers yeah. and then the dad is a drug dealer and i believe the boyfriend Dwayne actually lived with the dad. He did, yeah. Yeah, they and all lived together. They all lived together. But Israel is there. He mm-hmm. saw him break into his fucking truck and steal his debit card. And Imagine if you're the boyfriend now, you're like, fuck, I could have that. I could have ran him in. down. Yeah, no. But it just went out after him. If I did that, he may still be alive. It's more evidence, though, he was getting sloppy by then. He was, yeah. You know, and that it, he was getting impulsive. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. I mean, it's an interesting debate whether he knew her or not, or he was just sort of seduced by her, her he, looks. But that's another Just was too tempted by it. He that definitely an, stalked her, though. But I mean, like, the thing is, like, this is the coffee stand. He he was a big coffee drinker. And he, this is the coffee stand that he went to all the time. Yeah. He was going there before she even worked there. She was only working there like a month. And all of his killings coincide, like when you look at all of his records, with Home Depot purchases. And his girlfriend also was in the medical training field and would fly away for like two, three weeks at a time. And every time she flew away, the records indicate he would buy a lot of plastic wrap and Drano in the days leading up to her leaving and then his cell phone would go black the second she would fucking leave and like there was a Home Depot it shared the same parking lot as the place that Samantha Koenig worked he shopped at no other Home Depot for five years 
than that Home Depot. But he was a contractor, so that's not completely yeah, that's not like, ridiculous. Right. Right. right, that would make sense. Yeah. But he's like, yo, I'm Israel Keys. I'm here to buy some Drano and plastic wrap. <laughs> he's so wrap. unassuming to look at. Like, he looks yeah. like he, I don't know, went to Notre Dame and played rugby. Like, you know, yeah. he just looks like your typical, I don't know, like rugby frat dude. Well, that's what the police said yeah. when they arrested him. And that's what his commanding officer said. Like, he wasn't an introvert. He wasn't outgoing or an introvert. He was just kind of like there. But people actually liked him in the community. And again, yeah. the duality he was able to create. Like, people thought he was a stand-up guy. Plus... He has on his side the fact that he has full custody of a kid. Yep. That now, means a lot. To tell you how normal he was, there was actually one of the FBI investigators hired him years before to do handiwork around his house. God. Yeah, that was Frank Russo, the Anchorage assistant U.S. attorney, was quoted as saying that one of his colleagues over at the U.S. attorney's office had actually hired him and used him as a handyman. Yeah. Like he was a well-known member of the community. He was a big carpenter. Yep. He was well-respected. People thought he was a little bit maybe of a workaholic, but that he did a good job. Yeah. There wasn't any kind of like, Nope. The special agent Godin, I think, or Jolene, or I believe he had a DUI, but like that was it. There was no crimes of violence in his nope. history, no sex offenses in his history, nothing like that. He was a 34-year-old man from Alaska who has a construction business and a small kind of quiet life. And he was a doting father, they said. They interviewed everybody that yeah. knew him, like all of his family members, anybody that knew him at any point in his life, and they all said he had no hobbies. No. Little did they know, he had a really... Yeah. He, <laughs> He was investing a lot of time in a time-consuming hobby. His family is super anti-government, too. Yeah, they are. So they were pissed about him joining me because he's, like, supporting the American yeah. government. Wow, yeah. so literally they were, everything they were against did. Every wow. Public education, everything. against oh. vaccinations, against yeah. medicine. They were anti-vaxxers. Guys, get your kids in therapy early. <laughs> early. <laughs> Just yeah, do it you, better. Don't have any kids. You can't listen to music. <laughs> so fuck you. I'm going to listen to Insane Clown Posse. You can't trust the government, so fuck you. I'm going to join the army. It was everything he could to say fuck you to his parents. Really, his mom, because his dad was kind of just, a, you know, religion. Oh, fuck you. I'm going to be atheist. And as a matter of fact, he targeted people who were religious for his crimes, too. He said he burned down a order priest's house. Oh. And then there was that other woman that was like, she was kind of a bad Mormon, I guess, because she was like a drunk Mormon who was writing a crime novel, <laughs> a true crime novel. And he fucking burned down her church and then he kidnapped her. She was pulled over drunk. This is like way at the end. Like she was pulled over drunk up in Alaska on Route 1 and the cop had pity on her and was like, sleep it off. I'm not going to bring you in. And then she disappeared from her fucking car. And he had been leaving online comments to her under a guise of like, oh, I'm a Mormon who's being led astray. Please counsel me. Inboxing her. She was inboxing back and forth with him getting counseling and then he fucking kidnaps her and he's like yeah you want to see true crime what it's all about i'll show you what it's all about she was never seen from again and it was a couple of miles down from the rain rainbow park or something like that where he used to go with his girlfriend skiing into festivals and like he would frequent that park all the time it was on that same like five mile stretch of road where she was it was a place where he would go by all the time he's a fucking crazy Figured scary that nobody predator. would care that you went missing it's the same one with the woman Dabby from new Thank you. Deborah Feldman. Yes, he figured mm -hmm. nobody would care. And to be fair, her own kid was like, yeah, I don't care. No. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter they, Robin they probably asked just overdosed. The, yeah. I was going to say they asked the family, yeah, of Deborah Feldman for DNA testing. And nope. as far as I got through the FBI files, because I haven't gotten to the end of them yet. It's only episode one. I, I've fucking gotten through 3,000 pages of them already. <laughs> like fucking, it's not in. Uh, what I've gotten to so far is that in the FBI files, it's like we've reached out to all of her known relatives for DNA testing so that we can try to find her. And none of them give a fuck to give any DNA like whatsoever to like spit in a cup for us. 
and she disappeared from, I think they were working with the Hackensack police in North Jersey and he killed her and disposed of her, they believe, up in New York. And a lot of his crimes coincide with these bank robberies. And he admitted to robbing the bank in Tupper Lake, yeah. New York, at the same time she disappeared. Yep. And the New Jersey state police are like, yeah, it, they're convinced it was him that he did it. When did her he, body's not found. When was that murdered? You know, because I'm only it. theorizing maybe that's when he started to lose it because that was the only time that he killed somebody when he he already had the murder kit with him. Ooh. He had it in the car with him when he picked her up. Yeah. So I think that's where he started to lose a little bit. He started like reaching out to things that he didn't plan on first. Right. And he said he's he said if I'm to be categorized as some kind of criminal, like I've robbed way more banks than I've killed yeah. people. <laughs> <laughs> you should categorize me as a bank robber. Well, the double life is going to catch up with you eventually. Yeah. Always does, you know. Like you're always going to slip up somewhere. You're always going to. Whether, oh, he would yeah. do. He would do takeover bank robberies too. He wouldn't just like hand a teller a note. He'd put on a fucking mask, dark glasses, and like real hair from victims, like yeah, actual victims' hair. fucking hair as a disguise. And he'd pull a gun out in the lobby and be like, "All right, motherfuckers, this is a stick up." And he would take over the entire place and get like money out of every single teller drawer. Mm-hmm. And he'd only get like ten grand. Like it's not a whole hell of a lot of money, but like it's balls on him. But it was about the control. He yeah. liked the control. And not only that, he wasn't from the area, so he'd flee and nobody would be looking for him because nope. he's already gone. And he would there's be in no, a rental car. There's no ties to the community, nothing like that. And so. he would look for banks that were like a little bit more out of the way. He's not going to rob a city bank. No, he's going to no, rob no. like a rural a bank rural, yeah. where he's probably not going to get a whole shit ton of money he's not, anyway. Yeah, he's not looking yeah, for a thrill. shit ton of money. But he's getting the money out of every yeah, single register to make up for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Deborah Feldman, that was in 2009. 2009. Okay. 2009. Oh, so it was right before Samantha Koenig. Yeah, a few years before. Was the Kurt, yeah, Courier oh, was actually okay. 2011. Koning was 2012. Yeah. So there oh was a couple. It was also weird that there were so many he didn't want to take credit for. Yeah. But he was driven to be the best serial killer possible, but not for notoriety. No. no. That's such Never. a weird combination yeah. to like be your best serial killer. Like, and he was. He was so advanced in so many ways. I mean, To live guys, up to his potential. To be the best serial killer yeah. you can be. <laughs> but, but I don't care. Not for fame. Just for itself. For self-satisfaction. <laughs> Purist. Well, there was even a discomfort with the FBI was making him seem so valuable when they were interviewing him. And he would do this whole, well, I'm not going to give you that unless I get something. Yeah. It was very transactional. But there was also, in my head, almost discomfort with how valuable they made him. Because like Bundy would have been like, tell me I'm pretty. (laughs) But Keys was But Bundy was like a liar. Like he lied about almost everything. Israel lied about shit too, but he wasn't as good a liar. No, he was a terrible liar. I'm I'm not going to talk about that. Bundy was like a pathological liar. Like you can't really believe anything that he ever Bundy was a really good actor. Yeah. And Israel, they would put pictures of women like Deborah Feldman and others in front of him that they figured that he killed and then his demeanor would change and just be like, like he'd be joking around because he laughed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He'd be kicking it. He'd be like, yeah, he'd be smoking cigars and eating candy bars and shit because they would give him like fucking lattes and shit. Americanas he liked and peanut butter Snickers and he would smoke cigars and shit and he'd be laughing and then they'd be like, how about this woman? And they put it right in front of him. His whole demeanor would change. Yep. And he'd be like, we're well, going to talk about that. Because <laughs> mommy showed me that I've been a bad boy. I don't want to deal with that. Mommy's not going to like me now. I didn't do it. <laughs> we're like, I know you But well, why does it. he admit to every, anything, though? Um, I mean, I know they have him dead to rights. That's obvious. But I mean. They sort I think he was. Oh. Well, I was going to say the FBI frames it in the context that while he has control, he's all cool with it. But as soon as we yeah. introduce something to him and it's in our control, not his, then he doesn't want to play ball. I think he was toying with dismantling the duality. I think he was... 
He wanted to show a little bit of it, but not too much. He also didn't he want to get executed as quickly as possible? He did, yeah. Okay. He, he could have just been tired. You know, I thought about that too. Like maybe the guy was just tired of the double life and just wanted to go out, but he wanted somebody else to kill him. And then eventually he ended up taking his own life. But maybe he was just over it. Like maybe he was just kind of sick of the, I mean, that's exhausting. Like think about how exhausting, I don't know who's in a relationship here and doesn't matter, but think about how exhausting it is to cheat on someone. That just makes me so tired. I don't want to have to do that's a lot of work you know like that's a lot of work just to cheat on somebody's like oh my god now i gotta figure out you gotta keep track of your life you gotta like remember like i don't have time for this shit you know so the fact that he could do i mean and this is on a bigger scale than cheating on someone like oh my goodness and it's like even israel keys couldn't cheat by the way even israel keys couldn't cheat on somebody you it can, wasn't about the sex you cannot get away with cheating even if you're israel israel keys <laughs> could get away with murdering motherfuckers <laughs> over the course of like 14 years but he tried to cheat on his girlfriend and he could get away with <laughs> murdering motherfuckers but not cheating on her no because women are like the fbi with that you just give me your first name i'll find out everything you need to know about her she I got, got his password and was like looking at the internet and shit and she said um this was his girlfriend in nia bay she was like yeah i got his password and shit he was talking to girls on the line yep. and then i would talk to them and shit that's the only thing that we would fight about she said my wife that- knows way too much true crime from for me to get away with doing anything like israel anything. keys she, israel keys would know couldn't even cheat on his girlfriend <laughs> nobody can get away with it no no all right, so Brittany, here's a question for you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you have to date the following. If you were married, would you would rather Bundy, have your husband serial killer. be a serial killer or <laughs> your face? <laughs> and I'm thinking of the parenting too, right? Israel Keys is a parent, and then Samantha Koenig's father is a drug dealer. Like these are both irresponsible parents. Like they should have something in common, like and be friends almost. <laughs> Get together and Whose kid would you rather be? I mean, you oh, know, aside God. from the fact that one of them dies and gets Listen, yeah, <laughs> and one of them, her life is now completely ruined. I mean, just think. I mean, she was old enough to know. Well, she'd be about nineteen. She's or like about 20, twenty years, years old yeah. now. right now. Yeah, and like you know, you. Oh my gosh, she got to be gone. fucking traumatized. My well, dad like, was Israel Keys. Uh, well, it's like Ted Bundy's daughter is like, fuck no, I'm never procreating. Don't ever speak to me. I'm hiding myself. You know, she's like, I'm not putting anybody on this planet with that genetic makeup. And his step son less than a year after he killed himself in the jail cell killed himself too his whole story the stepson's story was he didn't actually officially marry the mother of his daughter but they said that they were married her mother called him her son-in-law like in the statements that she gave to the fbi keys also has he was one of 10 wasn't he one of 10 children so Mm -hmm. i mean there's also oh well you're not special when you're one of 10 Trying to stand out in the crowd. Yeah. He's the oldest son, though, and he was friendly, I think. Was he the oldest son or second oldest son? I read that he was the oldest. Thank you. And that his father would often leave, and he was the man, quotations, man of the house. He would take care of the other kids. It looks like that's doing something for your brain. That is doing something. (laughs) Give me a second. All right, let me think about that one. For some reason, I put him later, (laughs) and I put him as like, but mommy doesn't like me more than Steven, you know, or whatever. Let me think about that. He was second of 10 children, so you're right. Well, then his dad's and his dad. Second of 10 children. Second of 10 children. Oldest male. He never got through the, it's the Oedipal complex thing yeah. where he wants to fuck mom. And the thing is that he pretty much came close to the role. Everything's always about fucking your mother. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not even kidding. We, it's, it's just let me, it's always about a vagina, guys. Um, okay, so he got close within the role, but he, I, his brain works very primitively. He's a very primitive kind of guy. Now, I don't know if he came out the gate like that. I don't know if that was the religious influence because religion's like that. It's very rigid. There is no room for, you know, it's, this is what happened. One day we all just got here because God said so, and that's it. There's no questions. You're not allowed to ask questions. So if his brain is that primitive, then he was always stuck in that place of, I'm supposed to be daddy, fuck daddy, but then he did get rid of dad, but mom 
mom never got rid of dad, but then dad died. When did dad die? Who knows when dad died? 2002 is what it says. John Jeffrey Keyes, 1952 to 2002 is what I have. And when did he start going ape shit with the murders? Like 2000. Around the time he joined the military, dad was still alive. Yeah. But he got bigger after 2002. Well, he was out of the military yeah. after 2001. It he says his first it. murder was in 1998, but... That's he, a speculative. Yeah, yeah speculative. speculative. That's yeah. not 100% yeah, sure. Yeah, we don't really know. And I suspect he killed a lot more than 11 There's people, only three confirmed. Well, three of them that he admitted to. I think it's a lot more it's than only oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. we I know mean, because he admitted. He said less he said. than a dozen, but he only confessed no. to three. So the FBI yeah. is pretty solid on that number 11. 11, yeah. But it could be very well. It could be double, and that's not How going, many are you feeling, Joe? Tell me gut feeling because I'll tell you mine. Maybe double, maybe double. I'm going 30, 30 to 40. That's my gut feeling. I would say pro- I would say 30s in a good ballpark because he would go hiking and camping and fishing and he would try to get like stragglers. Yeah. Basically like and he somebody had the boat that's and not going to be missing. Them. Yeah. And he, he did would, a little Dexter stuff. And he would say that it would be people in the beginning that wouldn't be missed. If they were camping and it would look like an accident or yep. they just got lost and they never came back. He would do all of that stuff. He was a ranger and he was a park ranger in Nia Bay and he worked for Convenient. the Macau the tribe. And so he had access to all of the tribal lands. Uh, he was a ranger. He knew the trails really well. And he, as part of his job, would be out there. And he was an outdoorsman. Yeah. And he knew how to hunt <clears throat> and he knew how to wait. I would think it's probably more like 30, 40. That's my guess. When so the FBI he, opened their tip line up, a whole lot of people called in and said that they believe like a relative or a friend that's missing was in the area and where Israel Keys was and it's a possibility. And then others were like, we saw him. We actually saw him. We interacted with him and, it's, and we see his face now and it, it was definitely him. And he had an aversion because he had a daughter. He had an aversion to killing children. He didn't want to kill anybody with a dog either no. because it would just be a pain in the ass, yeah. basically is what he said. But he didn't want to kill anybody with a kid or a kid. There was one woman in Pennsylvania at, it was like Hawk Mountain or something, and she said that she, and she's a single mother and she was there with like her kids that Israel, this is where they believe he burned a whole lot of the evidence from the courier murders. He identified it in the FBI interviews. I should call them interrogations, even though it sounds more like an interview, but he identifies it as New Hampshire. This woman from Pennsylvania was like, it was fucking him. It was totally fucking him. He didn't have a tent. He had his car and a wife beater on, and he was he had three fires lit. He was pissed that when we got there that we were actually there because we were the only two people there. Him and then me and my kids, but she had her kids, so he was not going to kill them. And he talks about trying to kill somebody in the woods there. There was a couple, but then there was like a ranger car drove by and he was like, oh, no, I could get caught if I do that. But this woman said that he was cranking up. She said specifically it was Lamb of God. She, he was cranking up Lamb of God at the at the top of like, you know, at like volume 10 just to piss her off, hoping that she would leave. She didn't leave. And then he had three fires. Lamb of God cranked up through the night and then he left in the middle of the night after I guess he burned all the stuff. Hmm. He didn't keep any mementos though, did he? He Unlike- kept some hair. I think he kept a little bit more and he kept some jewelry. Did he keep some jewelry? But oh I think God. the jewelry is more to sell it. And he yeah. tied up his first girlfriend with scarves. The FBI, after they interviewed her, called her on the phone to ask her, like, was he kinky in bed? And she said it wasn't like any big thing. Like, she wasn't afraid or anything like that. It was just part of, like, normal sexual activity. But one day, he tied her up with a couple of scarves. And she didn't ask him, like, where he got the scarves. And he just surprised her with it. And I'm thinking, like, were they victim scarves? I'm Probably. thinking they could have been. Somebody was wearing a shirt. This, I think his girlfriend was wearing, like, a shirt that he took from somebody he killed like a pink shirt vaguely I remember waste that. not want not 
<laughs> you get you know Valentine's Day is coming yeah, up, man, exactly. or what was? Yeah. Oh yeah, take so. your girl on a cruise. Something barred, something new. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting married. Serial killer. Um, 